This is Speaking with the Enemy on the Thai Cats Audio Network. Here is Louis Butko. Yes, the show is Speaking with the Enemy. The Enemy this week, the Toronto Argonauts. It is a 7.30 kickoff at Tim Hortons Field, which means Tiger Cats pregame will be on the air beginning at 6.30 with Bubba O'Neill and Andy Fantuz. And you're going to want to make sure you are listening for the Greenworks Listen to Win during Tiger Cats pregame. Listen live at listen.tigercats.ca starting at 6.30. And listen for the keyword and you could be entered to win a 1800 PSI pressure washer and high pressure soap applicator. Uh, not a bad prize just for listening to the game. Uh, hopefully you're there too, just like our friend Mike Hogan will be there calling the action for the Toronto Argonauts. And... Uh, Hoagie, the Argos are 4-0. They haven't scored less than 32 points. I, I thought of this today watching Ticats practice. Uh, you know, Ticats are coming off back-to-back wins. They're having fun playing football. I have to imagine 4-0. The Argos are having fun at just about every element of the game right now. It's funny they are and they aren't. That might sound really strange, um, but they basically treated the win over Montreal like a loss because it didn't go as well as they wanted. Um this team is really dialed in uh, to a really strange extent uh, for all the teams that I've covered. Uh, this is a this is business. Um, are they having fun on the field? I think so. Um, they are in the room, like when they get away from practice. But when they're at practice, it's a hundred percent business. And I, you know, th- there are some guys who have some personality, and every once in a while, a, a dance will break out. Uh, but not often. It's uh, the guys are dialed into the coaches, and I think that's translated because they really treat this as work, and um, they, they'll appreciate what happens after the win, and they certainly like being a part of club dub after the game. But uh, yeah, it's 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 all business here. Is that a is that a Ryan Dinwiddie effect? Is that is that what he brings? Is that what is that what he's brought, or or is that? Just a bunch of guys who knows what it takes to get there and 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 want to get back. A little bit of both. Uh, Ryan Dinwiddie's, you know, type A football. Uh, he's that guy. Uh, he's talking football all the time. And you know, when you when you have coaches that are also dialed in, uh, Corey Mace knows when there's a time to laugh and knows when there's a time to, you know, go into the laboratory and become the evil defensive genius that he is. Um, you know, there's a balance with the coaching staff and I think there has to be in terms of teaching. Um, I I don't know if the offensive line would say that because coach Sweet is all business all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it it really is a, a, an interesting environment where the guys are having fun, but it's business first. And then when, when the day is done at one or two o'clock, then it's time to let the hair down a little bit. I want to get to the offense, obviously. They seem to be clicking on all, all cylinders. Let's talk about the defense. You talked about there the, the, the mad genius uh, of what's happening on defense. When you look at the numbers straight up at, at you know face value, they might not tell the whole story. What have you seen from the defense? Let's give it its props. What, what are they doing right that has helped lead to this 4-0 start for the Argos? They are exceptionally good at hiding where pressure comes from. Steinauer's the same way. Like, you know, yeah. you know, Orlando historically is going to blitz from the National Anthem on. You just don't know where or when. Uh, Mace is kind of cut from the same cloth where he loves to bring pressure, and he's got the personnel to do it. I mean, this this, this team was so deep, they, you know, essentially had to trade Sam Achimpong for futures. Um, you know, I think most teams in a, in a Grey Cup run are going to hang on to that Canadian talent, but... 
they just they had to make the move. It, it'll save them a little bit on the salary cap, obviously, and um, you know it gives Sam a chance to play. And it does continue to, you know, with a with a player off a negotiation list who's with the New York Jets right now, and with a with a draft pick. I mean, it, it keeps that pipeline full. And you know, it's it, the the team has become very good at looking not only short term but long term. Where you know, pre pandemic in in twenty eighteen and nineteen, when they were four and fourteen both years, uh, there was not that luxury. So it's it's you know, the Ticats know what that's like because you were at the top of the heap for so long, you could kind of plan ahead as well as planning for the short term. And I think the Argos find themselves in that position right now. Let's get to the offense. Chad Kelly uh, already had a great season, put up his best numbers. We've seen him uh, put up uh, this year, last time out. Uh, got the highest pro football uh, focus rating this season. 21 to 25, 351 yards, three touchdowns, rushed for another. What have you seen through the progression of the first four games? I mean, a lot of hype about him, obviously, going into game one. Safe to say with those, uh, the, you know, the rushing touchdowns, he lived up to it. But what have you seen in terms of the development? And I'm talking up close, you know, that only you would know, Hoagie. What have you I, seen from him in the last four weeks? I think in the over the course of the season, um, the reins were there a little bit from Coach Dinwiddie. He just wanted to go out and kind of not make mistakes. And I hate the term game manager, mm-hmm. but I'll use it, right? Like it was, okay, get the ball to the playmakers. Don't be Chad. And then, especially in the Montreal game last week, he let Chad be Chad. Um, maybe the play of the year in the CFL uh, was the coaxy catch uh, in the end zone, a, a ridiculously good one-handed catch. And I talked to them both today, and Chad knew he was covered. Like, the, the coverage was tight. It was meant, but he said, I'm going to go let him make a play. And in Argoland, back to Ricky Ray when he was acquired in, in 2012, this has been the king of the dink and dunk offense, right? It's been that uh, high percentage, low checkdown stuff. We're not used to this in Toronto. We're, we're seeing, you know, Coxy has the highest average uh, yardage per catch at 19.5. In second place is DeVaris Daniels at 19. We're not used to that in Toronto. Um, you know, they've, 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 whatever reins were there on Chad Kelly seemed to be gone. And aside from one really stupid interception he threw in the game against Montreal, and he'll be the first guy to say that, um, aside from that, he was, as you mentioned with those numbers, just ridiculously good, 85% roughly a completion percentage, uh, 350-plus, three touchdowns, and putting trust in his receivers. And when you do that, the receivers are going to have trust in you. And I mean, you mentioned that coaxy catch in the end zone. There was the one where he took the shot, right? Yeah. I mean, this that, that that receiver group. I mean, not not huge names when it comes to the CFL, right? There were a lot of names changing cities this past uh, off season. What's been clicking with that group, and, and is how did they get that trust with Chad Kelly? Where did that come from? I mean, was it uh, was it a training camp thing? Like because because like you said, twenty one to twenty five in the CFL. Uh, that that's a number that you know, you're going to take every time. Obviously, it, it's it's been fun to watch because every week it's been somebody different. Uh, the yeah. first week was Cam Phillips, and then it was Dejan Brissett. Uh, who was it? Third game, I can't even remember. And then it was Unger last game, yeah. um, where it's been a different guy every week. And we still haven't talked about Devaris Daniels or <laughs> Curly Gittins Jr. Uh, they haven't had their feeding time yet. Uh, you know whether that's Friday night or not, we'll we'll see. But uh, I think that is a big part of it because Chad likes to involve everybody. You know, some 
some teams uh, revolve around one big receiver, and for obvious reasons. I mean, you've got one of the best in the league in Tim White, so you know it's going to be feed me. Um, and I don't. It, it would be unfair to say there's a big drop off between White and the next guy because the next guy's Duke Williams, and there's not a big drop off. But with this group, it could be any one of the five, and and Chad doesn't look for one guy. He looks for who's open, or in some cases, who he thinks can make a play for him, and. Um, my God, he's good at putting the ball in small windows, and and it gets there with uh, with some heavy velocity. So, um, yeah, it's it's been it's been just a blast to watch this team because I have no idea what's going to happen from one play to the next, either offensively or defensively. I was talking to Coach O about this today the uh, the relentless ground game of of the Toronto Argonauts this yeah. season. Uh, I mean, AJ Ouellette obviously burst onto the scene last year, East Division All Star. You know, having to take that role from a guy who who's done it pretty well over his career in Andrew Harris, but last game breaking off some big runs, you know, thirty plus yard runs. What is it about AJ Ouellette's game that makes him so hard to bring down? And uh, how do you how do you game plan for a guy like that? His work ethic, period, full stop. Um, you know, he's he's put together a weightlifting group. Uh, they get there at, I, I think it's like six o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. He calls it the breakfast club. And if you go for a certain amount of times, you get a t-shirt if you're there early in the morning. Um, he is the strongest guy in the team by considerable margin. Uh, he's just that guy. And, you know, I, I, I think if, I, I don't know who the guy would be right now, uh, if you were to ask an Argo fan who their favorite Ticat is like you, you don't want to admit it out loud. I, I love watching Tim White play football, for example, right? And I, I think if you were to ask Ticat fans who they enjoy watching on the Argos, I think almost to a person be AJ Olette because he brings that lunch pail mentality that's really popular in the hammer and across every CFL market and every NFL market. Like you like those guys who don't strike you as being ridiculously athletic, but get the most out of that ability through hard work. And the thing that maybe people will miss on is how athletic AJ Olette is. He's fast. He's strong. He's, you know, we saw him jump over the defender on a play that was called back eventually uh, in the game against Montreal, like with the hurdle. Um, he's just that guy. And, you know, he knows how to read his blocks. He's developed a little bit more patience by watching Andrew Harris. Uh, as has Dan Adababoye, so uh, it, it's it's coming together nicely. But that the you know the 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 rushing group is averaging 134 yards a game, which is considerably in front of everybody else in the CFL. And AJ Olette right now is the guy, and uh, boy, he's fun to watch. Uh, there's one stat that stood out to me last year. Um, obviously, stats this year a little bit of a different story. But uh, when we talk about uh, Boris Beattie. And his kickoff ability. You know, yeah. I, I remember talking to some Thai cats about this last year. About you know, when you're starting ten yards back, he's got a boot. Is he one of those players that you know maybe is not appreciated in in, in his certain skill set? Uh, because that's a big game changer. We talk about starting position on the football field. I know consistently the last few years, Boris Beattie has been one of the best at at, at making teams start deeper in their own zone. Yeah, it's not just that. I mean, this year I think he, I, I don't have the stats in front of me. I think he's eight of nine yeah. uh, in field goals. Uh, I think against Montreal last week. Yeah, I think he's sixteen for sixteen in in conversions, and he's leading as you mentioned in in kickoff yardage by five yards. I mean, it's five yards more than anybody else in the, the second place guy in the league. Uh, the game against Montreal, I think he put three kickoffs on the number at the five yard line. 
I, I like it. So it was not only strong, but it was directionally perfect every time. Um, that's a weapon. And you know, the, the, the head coach, Ryan Dinwiddie hasn't really called on him to make that long one, but in the warm up, I forget it was before the Hamilton game or the BC game, he was hitting from, it, he was kicking it from the 52 and it was almost going through the back of the end zone. Uh, like it's like it would have been good from 60 to 65 easily. Like he's got that strong leg. Last year wasn't his most accurate season. Uh, but this year, if he continues to kick at a 90% clip with that kind of leg and that kind of accuracy and that kind of uh, depth on kickoffs, it's going to be an all-star year for him. Yeah, I hope you, you know, you and I have been around the game long enough. Well, you combined, <laughs> I would say. Uh, just saying, like having to not think about kicking is such a huge component, right? I mean, it's not something you're bringing in guys different every week. It's so nice to have a guy that you can just rely on and trust. You know, Ticats have Legio, who's been solid this year. Uh, Argos have Beatty, who again has... We, uh, if you go back solid. a couple of years ago, like just before Boris got here, we had Crepinia, hmm. Pfeffer, and Medeiros in the same year. They were all there at the same time. And it was like, okay, like we know they're capable of it, but you know, who's the guy you want to roll with? And it was difficult to make a decision because one guy didn't really stand out from the other two. Uh, all had strengths, all had weaknesses. Boris and with, with Haggerty now coming in and, and proving how good he is as a punter, as, as a second year global player out of Australia. Um, like the kicking is the last thing that the Argos have to worry about. It's just, you know, it's going to be good. Um, you know, uh, occasionally you may get the miss hit, but for the most part, you're going to go out there. You're going to see the guy drill everything, not only deep, but directionally sound. And, uh, there have been very few mistakes this year by either one of them. Yeah. The luxury of a, a good kicker, uh, cannot be understated, uh, especially in the CFL, especially how tight we've seen games yeah. as of late lately. Um, Hoagie, tight, obviously the Argos are undefeated. Is there, uh, I mean, it's early in the season. There's got to be some areas of improvement that are there. Where can you see the Argos getting even better? Uh, or where do you see them needing some work? That's a really good question because right now it's hard to complain. Yeah. Um, okay, here's one. Finishing off sacks. They're getting a ton of pressure. I think they have, and this is really stupid to say because I think they have 15 sacks in four games but they could have a handful more. Um, they could have had 10 sacks against Montreal without batting an eye. Um, they've come so close on so many occasions and not finished it. And uh, there may be an, a, an occasion, and it happened the other night, where Flo or Imolade had Fajardo wrapped up to the extent where I called the sack on the air. All you could see was a number seven and a white jersey surrounding Cody Fajardo. Somehow Cody got out of it and threw a, full, threw a touchdown. Um, so, you know, Rimalade just like, you could tell he was not happy. And that's, that's, if, if there's one thing and now like, we're really going through the minutia of this thing, you know, but if there's one thing that they could clean up a little bit more is their finishing act. And, uh, man, if they can do that and, and, and end up with six sacks a game, holy smokes. I mean, it's just, it's the rich get richer and, you know, with the, uh, with a guy playing in his first CFL game on on Friday for for the Ticats, I'm I'm really curious to see what Mace does. Does he does he revisit some of the stuff that's been there before, or does he just unleash a brave new world on uh, on a on a kid who's got a lot of confidence and obviously a lot of talent, but doesn't have any experience in terms of of, of game snaps except clean up time in Edmonton last week. 
Yeah, it, it'll definitely be an interesting one. Hoagie, I will give you uh, full credit here. You had opportunities to gloat. You had opportunities to uh, to remind people, uh, you know, of the last few months, but you didn't. So thank you for doing that. You're classy as always, Hoagie. Uh, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Not a problem. I am wearing my Grey Cup ring, championship hat, and hoodie. There it is. There it is. Don't, don't worry. I can fix. I can fix that in post. Don't worry. Uh, Mike Hogan, uh, appreciate you doing this. Well, looking forward to seeing you down at Tim Hortons Field on Friday. See you Friday, my friend. And my thanks to Mike Hogan, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Argonauts, for joining me on today's episode of Speaking with the Enemy. As always, you can get another episode of Speaking with the Enemy as part of Tiger Cats pregame presented by Greenworks. That is at six thirty on Friday, getting you set for the seven thirty kickoff, where of course. Uh, Luke Tasker and RJ Broadhead will have the call of that one for you. Now, before I let you go, I got to let you know that the Hamilton Tiger Cats and redtag.ca want to send you and three friends to go see the Hamilton Tiger Cats take on the BC Lions in BC in August. And uh, this is a really cool contest you're going to want to enter. Just go to tiecats.ca, look for the contest page, fill out the form, and you'll be entered to win airfare for four, two nights at a hotel in British Columbia, Vancouver, British Columbia to be exact, plus four tickets to the game to see the Ticats take on the BC Lions. Again, Ticats.ca, look for the contest page and enter to win courtesy of redtag.ca. Uh, that's it for us today. We will be back next week. Hope you'll join us then on Speaking with the Enemy. But in the meantime, make sure to like and subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network so you never miss an episode of this show or any of the other great shows we have for you. That's it for us. I'm Louis Butko from all of us here at the Ticats Audio Network. We have a great